You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome to the final episode of our year-long Prophet Pearls series. This is your host, Keith Johnson, going solo, and I have to be honest and say I was not sure how, when, where, or even if this final episode would be recorded. After Nehemiah and I finished recording over 30 episodes together in Jerusalem, this final episode was left hanging in the balance waiting for when or if we would complete it. As it worked out, Nehemiah decided that he wanted to launch something new. And to be honest, I think he was getting weary of dealing with an old guy like me. Did you hear me coughing and complaining about being sick during those recordings? I've actually heard that he has announced that uh, the first episode of his new podcast also doubles as the last unofficial episode of Prophet Pearls on the portion of Vizot Haberacha. I sure am glad he said unofficial because I have been waiting for how, or more importantly, if Maestro, you know, God, would complete the final movement of this beautiful symphony called Prophet Pearls. Well, you folks, on the first day of Sukkot, which also happened to be my birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Hey, no thanks. Once I reached this age, I decided no more singing. It makes me nervous. Now back to what I was saying. On the first day of Sukkot, Feast of Booths, which happened to be my birthday. Happy birthday. Hey, shut that off. Who is editing this anyway? I said no singing now that uh, I've reached this age. Anyway, on that day, something happened. Did you know that this year in Israel, during Sukkot, the entire Torah is read in public? It only happens once every, like, seven years, according to Scripture. I figured it was a good time to unroll and read some of my own Torah scroll. Man, oh man, I love that Torah scroll. As I was reading, it's when I realized how much I loved sharing, both through Prophet Pearls and Torah Pearls, the Word of God. Do you realize we have recorded over 100 episodes that cover almost the entire Torah and prophet portions, except one? Wow. Well, now it seems that I'm on my own, which means I can invite you to be my partner in discovering some of these pearls with me. (laughs) Why not? It's how I love to approach scripture by taking back and forth and talking, you know, and and discussing. And you say a little something, I say a little bit. And of course, in the case of when the prophet pearls, Hamia would say a lot and I'd say a little bit. (laughs) But actually, it was really a powerful experience uh, because what we would do is we'd go back and forth and we would be reading and, and discovering really right at the moment. So let's try this out. Are you willing to try it out? If not, I'm going to do it anyway. Hey, listen, I committed to completing this series. It just took this old guy a little longer than expected. But I think, personally, we are right on time. So here's what we will do to proceed uh, for this final prophet portion, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Imagine you're sitting here with me with your Bible open and, and we'll search together. So instead of me preparing a presentation that may never be heard, let's look at the passage together and see what we can find. This way, I can ask you to do some of the reading while I do some of the research. So without further ado, let's do this. Now, by the way, let me just say something, folks. I don't have the high-tech microphone that Nehemiah has. He has got the best. I'm telling you, it's the be- this guy's got microphones and cameras. I mean, he's, he's high-tech. He's, he's, things must be going well for him, I'll be honest with you. Uh, what I'm sitting here with is my little iPad. I'm by myself. I got no one with me. It's a little lonely, but to be honest with you, I have the Word of God with me, and you're listening, however many of you that are out there. So we're going to try to do our best. We're going to ask our editor, 
He's the best. I think this guy's amazing. I'm going to ask him to somehow fix the sound so it could be look, you know, sound a little more professional because, as I mentioned, I'm kind of sitting here kind of with the, with the basics. But what we're going to do is we're going to open up this passage. Now, here's what I've got here. I've got my computer. I've got my Bibles. I've got my little iPad. And now let's, uh, let's move on. We're going to take a, a glance at this portion. Now, uh, here's what I look at in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In fact, you know what? Before we read it, let, 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 me, let me do it this way. Uh, Joshua 1, 1 through 18. Uh, for me, when I first read this verse, it, it was as if I was taken back in time to the meeting with Yehovah and Yehoshua. Now, when I say Yehoshua, I mean Joshua. You know, Yehoshua is the original name he would have been given. And then there's the English name. It's Joshua. Uh, so for me, when I read that, I get kind of excited because I open up my other Bible. I've got my English Bible and my Hebrew Bible, and I see that name and I get kind of excited because I'm brought back to something that, uh, that really is pretty amazing. So before we get to the portion, let's do this because you do realize that the English name Joshua is actually a translation of the Hebrew name Yehoshua, which means, wait for it, Yehovah saves. <laughs> this name was given to a man named Hosea by Moses. So before we get to the portion... Let somebody who's willing to read Numbers 13, 16. Wait a minute. I guess I got to read it. You got to read it, too. Let's open up our Bibles. If you got to stop the recording, get yourself one or two translations. Let's open to Numbers 13, 16. I love this verse. In fact, in my book, Is Hallowed Name Revealed Again, I do an entire section in the back of the book called What About the Name Jesus? And it's so funny. More and more people tell me that when they open my book, they go to that chapter first before they read the rest, (laughs) which to me is kind of funny. But anyway, um. Numbers 13, 16, I address this. It's really interesting. It says, these are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. But Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua, or in Hebrew, what it would say is that Moses called Hosea Yehoshua, which means it doesn't say this in the Bible, but this is what it means according to Hebrew. Yehovah, that's the first part of the name, and Shua saves, so Yehoshua. It, it's really powerful. Now, here is Yehoshua having a meeting with Yehovah, and Moses, his mentor, is dead. And it almost seems that Yehovah wants, like Yehoshua, to understand the simple but important fact even more clearly. So, before we get to those verses, let's do this. Um, uh, let me look here. Uh, let's talk a little bit, just for a second. Even though we talk about this in the original Torah pearls, uh, the section in Numbers 20 where, where where Moses actually does something that disqualifies him from being able to go into the land. So let's take a look at that before we get this. Because, again, what I love about BFA, inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith, that includes language, history, and context. And you really can't read uh, this section without a little context. So open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. And here's what it says. Take the rod... This is Yehovah speaking to Moses. And you and your brother Aaron uh, assemble the congregation and speak to the rock. This is important for you to remember. And speak to the rock before their eyes that it may yield its water. Situation is the people are grumbling. They need water. So Yehovah says, speak to the rock. You shall thus bring forth water for them out of the rock and let the congregation and their beasts drink. 20 verse 9. So Moses took the rod from before Yehovah just as he had commanded him. 2010, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock, and he said to them, now here's where the shift comes, listen now, you rebels, shall we now bring forth for you out of the rock? I like when I can kind of like, you know, change my voice when I'm reading and stuff, like based on how it sounds. 20 verse 11, 
Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came forth abundantly and the congregation and their beast drank. Then here comes the big statement, 20 verse 12. But Jehovah said unto Moses and Aaron, because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Man, I mean, this, it's still hard for me when I read this. Literally, it's like Moses was, was going to be left behind because of his anger, I guess, or the lack of faith and his irreverence that he displayed before the people. Before his time, by the way, this was before his time. Listen to this, Deuteronomy, let's see here. I mean, hold on. I've got a tap. You know, and then I've got to read and got this. Okay, here you go. Uh, Deuteronomy 34, 1. Now Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And Yehovah showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan and all of Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah, as far as the Western Sea and the Negev and the plain and the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. Then Yehovah said unto him, this is the land which uh, I swore to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go there. So Moses, the servant of Jehovah, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of Jehovah. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Beor. But no man knows his burial place to this day. And then here comes the, the final verse on this. Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated, which means Moses could still get around. Moses, he might have been 120, but it says his eye wasn't dim. This guy could still, he was strong. He was ready to do what he needed to do. In fact, he begged Jehovah to be able to change, to change his mind, to let him go. And, and, and there's a verse, and maybe you guys can find it and put it in the comments where he says to Jehovah, now, could you reconsider? And Jehovah says, don't ask me about this anymore. It's over. It's done. It's done. I'm going to let you see it, but you can't go. And you got to wonder if maybe this whole thing. And I mean, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, you've got to read it for yourself and come up with your own conclusions based on reading scripture. But when I get to this issue of Joshua chapter one, verse 18, it's like he was prepared uh, by Moses to be able to do this. His, he's carrying the name that says that Yehovah himself saves. So regardless of why it happened, it was in God's perfect plan that there would come a dispensation when Moses would need to die and Yahushua would need to live and to go forward as we find in this wonderful and powerful passage. So now here's the last prophet portion. Uh, and like I said, I thought that we would record it, but, uh, you know, the best laid plans are men. By the way, I really need to thank our Prophet Pearl sponsors for this episode who call themselves the two servants of the Most High El Yon. These guys have been true partners in this endeavor. I don't know how many of these they, they sponsored, maybe five or six of them. Thanks, my friends. We really appreciate this. We could not have done it with you. And, and actually, I want to say at this point, thank you to all who sponsored one or more of these episodes uh, it really, it, you know, when we ventured out on this thing, we didn't know how it was going to work. Um, people stepped up to the plate so that we could get it done, editing and all the things that went around it. You know, we had to travel. We had to. Oh, boy, it's amazing. So I want to say thank you to all of you. Um, but I'm really complete. I'm committed to completing what I said I would do. So let's get to finding some pearls in this powerful passage from Joshua 1, 1, 8 through 18. Now, 
what I need to do now is we're going to take a look at this verse, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of Yehovah, that Yehovah spoke to Joshua and said to, said to him, uh, to, you know, to the son of Nun, Moses, my servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go forth. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it says, therefore, arise and go forth. And I'm actually reading uh, two different things at one. Yeah, across the Jordan, you and all this people to the land, which I'm going to give to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your feet tread, I have given it to you. As I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land in the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as, and I love this sentence, just as I have been with Moses, I shall be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. That is a, I don't know. I mean, when I, when I read that, I just, ah, there's something about that that just gives me a, a, a sense of um, what it would have been like to hear from the creator of the universe. I will be with you. And so here you've got this declaration to Joshua saying, here's the land you're about to possess. And the father goes even farther by giving the boundaries of the land, tells him how far to the north, how far to the south and the east and the west. And then he says this one little thing, which I, you know, think is kind of interesting. It says it's going to be the land of the Hittites. Now, we also know the Gergeshites were there and the Jebusites and the Canaanites and everybody else. But he uses the word the Hittites, which I which I kind of find interesting, which I'll, I guess I'll try to try to address a little bit later. But, but basically, the situation is he's giving Joshua a, a clear sense of what the mission is. And I'm sure it had to be overwhelming, which I think part of me m- makes me say that's why he put the reality to Joshua early. Joshua, I know you've been here from the beginning and you've seen everything that uh, has been done through Moses and you've watched from the beginning and you've seen the amazing moves of uh, what I've done and you've watched the miracles and you've seen the water split in the battles. And But now, Joshua, Moses is dead. I mean, <laughs> he's gone. It's over. It's done. And it's time now for you to do something pretty darn powerful. But he tells him something which I think is interesting, and I'm actually going to make this the prophet, uh, what I call the the pearl of the section. It, it, you know, we did a we did something really interesting uh, throughout our recording. Um, at, early in the recording, we actually Nehemiah was recording the entire section in Hebrew, and that we actually um, weren't able to continue that. But what that did for those that knew a little bit of Hebrew, sometimes hearing. The Hebrew, uh, you you hear something, not just reading it, but like physically hearing it. So for me, when I, um, what I like to do is I like to take a look at a passage, 
Um, I like to look at the Hebrew. I like to look at the English, one or two versions and kind of compare and contrast. And that's sort of what we did in preparation for Prophet Pearls and and Torah Pearls. I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. When I got excited yesterday, I really was not intending to be able to, to, to record this last section just because circumstances being what they were, I just didn't know how it was going to work. And as I mentioned, when this when this opportunity came on Sukkot, which happened to be, and don't you dare put the birthday song, my birthday, two things happened at one time. I got a little excited. And so rather than normally jump into the depth of this, what I'm doing is I'm going to jump into it with you. One verse six is really, really interesting. And the reason it is interesting to me is that when I see one verse six, I see something that I guess to for lack of a better term, it jumps off the page at me. Uh, in 1 verse 6, and I'm opening here, I'm going to tap 1 verse 6, and I'm going to put up the English and the Hebrew. Okay, yes. The first two words of Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 literally jumped off the page. And they jump off the page now, and I'd like to do just something real quick with you. 1 verse 6, it says this. Hazak va'ematz, and when I see those two words, I, I'm like, wow. I mean, it, maybe it's you know, maybe it's not a big deal for anyone else, but for me, I was like, wow. I, I've seen those words before. I know I've seen those words before, and when I've seen those words, they've been in a different context, and I put that different context now in the context of Joshua, Yehoshua sitting there, hearing from Yehovah what he's about to do. He says this. Well, let me do it this way. Let's take a look at the first word, chazak. Uh, and it says, I have seen this. Well, for me, when I'm saying he's telling he's telling him chazak. And so when I like I said, I've seen this word many times in scripture. But the one that catches my attention is wait, let's see here. OK, real quick. Let's go, I think it is, yes, in Exodus, in the book of Exodus, this word is actually used 25 times. The majority of those times, based on a quick, take a little look here, uh, are referring to when the heart of Pharaoh was this word, hazach. Yehovah says he will hazach the heart of Pharaoh. Now, in English, we say he will harden the heart of Pharaoh, and that certainly is one possibility. But what's interesting is when I... I'm looking at this. I'm thinking of the word that I've read earlier and that I've studied earlier, and then I'm bringing it forward to Joshua, and it sort of gives me like what I like to call a little bit of a different dimension to how important uh, this word is. If we take a closer look, um, it really means yes, it was chazak, it was it was hardened in, in English, but really what that means is his heart was strengthened. Literally, Yehovah strengthened Pharaoh's heart. Put him in a place where is regardless of what he, he might have seen, the circumstances that would have caused him to back away and say, OK, you guys get out of here. Yehovah stepped in and said, no, I'm not done yet. I've got to do some things. So I'm going to strengthen your heart so you can go through it. So here we've got Joshua is being told with an imperative command. In other words, Yehovah is commanding Joshua. He's not saying it'd be a good idea as you uh, prepare to do this next thing to find some good uh, podcasts to listen to and maybe some good motivational speakers to encourage you to be prepared for what. No, he tells him this. Chazach, in the imperative, be hardened, if we want to use the English way it's used in Exodus. No, be strengthened. 
Get it right. Get ready. No time for being a softy now that Moses is dead. No complaining, protesting, asking for me to bring him back. It's done over. It's your turn, Joshua, to do what I'm calling you to do. So get over it. Strengthen yourself so I can accomplish through you what I promised. And he doesn't just end there with that one word. There's another word that he uses right after it. And let's do something real quick. Let's see here. Okay. Here we go. So he says, Chazach ve'ematz. Now, when I see that word, I'm also reminding of something pretty interesting. Let's take a look. Let's see here. Really quick. What would be the first time? One of the things I like to do is I like to go and find the first time a word is used sometimes. And when I see that first time, it's not doesn't happen all the time. But in this case, it's kind of interesting because it's Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 30. And it says, but Sihon, king of Heshbon, was not willing for us to pass through his land. For Yehovah, your guard, God, hardened his spirit and made his heart, and here it comes, the same word. But in English it says, it made his heart obstinate in order to deliver him into your, your hand. Now, here's what I'd like to encourage you guys to do. I'm not going to do this for you. Uh, in fact, I'm going to talk about this in just a little bit, my new approach going into this land for you as we, as, we, as we do open scripture together. I really want you to go and find the times that that same word is used. And you know, those of you that have concordances is, is really a good way to do this. Don't, don't worry so much about trying to get the full meaning of the word, but just where it's used and how many times you can actually go through and see where this word is used. And this is an example where, in this case, in Deuteronomy 2.30, the word is used to make a heart obstinate. So if we were to take that same thing, Yehovah is telling to, 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 um, to Joshua, be strong and be obstinate, if we use the English terms. But when we see it in Hebrew, it kind of gives us a little bit of a different different uh, flair. And that's, again, where I think it's it's pretty interesting. And seeing these two words together is what I really want to get to. So what we're going to do real quick, let's see how many times. Yes, we find this these two words together, chazach. Let's see here. Hold on. Let me let me just look here. And it's really kind of interesting. It's it's funny how we were able to um, to do this because you know when Nehemiah and I were doing this together, I could have my Bibles open. He I mean, the guy is amazing when it comes to the computer. I mean he's tap 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 tap, and this stuff comes up. But you know it's, it's going to be a little little bit tougher here. But 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 what's really amazing about it is to be able to begin to look at Scripture and find where these words are used and how they're used. And again, it was a lot easier when the both of us were kind of going back and forth. But in this situation. Partly what I want to encourage you to do is that when this is over, you can even stop it right now. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. You're going to see these two words together. And one of the things that you could do, which I, you know, this is what I, I actually like to do, is um, I like to look at, look at the words and say, okay, is there examples where we can find these two words together? Now, they may not be in the exact same form. They may be in a different uh, a grammatical form, but... Uh, is there something that's being communicated? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look. Okay, here we go. First time we see this is in Deuteronomy 31.6. Now, the, again, the form is different of these two words. We're not going to get into the detail of that. But what it says in English, if I look at my NAS, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid 
or do not tremble at them. For Yehovah, your God, is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Interesting, Moses is speaking to the people before Moses has to hit the road and he's not going to go with them. So he's letting them know now, here's what you've got to do. Then in Deuteronomy 31, 7, Moses calls to Yehoshua, Joshua, and says to him in the sight of all of Israel, what does he say to them in the sight of all Israel? In 31 verse 7, it says here, 31 verse 7, he called unto them, and there it is. Hazach ba'ematz. The same exact words that Yehovah tells Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 6. Again, in Deuteronomy 31:23, the exact two words are used again. You can find this in any good concordance. Then he commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said to him, this is Moses now, be strong and courageous, sir. If we were to take the English version, how it's used sometimes, be hardened and obstinate, <laughs> be, be strong and, and, and courageous, be, be a person who can, who can, who can really, um, how we might say it, uh, 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 what would be, what would be the best way that we could do this? Uh, well, it's, it's another way of saying strength, courage, be strong and strong, be courageous and courageous, be hardened and strong. I mean, it's like these two words together really do something powerful. Deuteronomy 31, 23. If we go to Joshua 1, 6, that's where we see it. But what's really interesting to me, folks, is that we don't only see it there. Um, here's what I think is really, really interesting. If we read Joshua 1, 6, one seven and one time, Yehovah becomes a good old fashioned preacher. Let's do that. One six, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. One seven, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all of the Torah. That's what it says as Torah, not law. Moses, my servant, commanded you do not turn to it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. And then verse 8, it does something again, but I want to go to verse 9. I'm going to go back to verse 8. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed, for Yehovah your God is with you wherever you go. So it's literally as if uh, Yehovah is standing before uh, Joshua and he's saying, listen, uh, I'm going to tell you something. Now, if if you don't remember anything else I said, remember these two Hebrew words. Well, of course, he didn't say Hebrew words because he was speaking to him in Hebrew. There was no English back then. He gives him these two words, Joshua 1.6, Joshua 1.7, and Joshua 1.9. Three times Yehovah gives Yahushua the three-point sermon. But Joshua's probably like a lot of us needing to hear what is important more than once. So he heard it from his mentor Moses in Deuteronomy, as I said earlier, but now Moses is dead. He's gone. He's nowhere around. He may have learned it earlier in the Torah portions and, and, and what, he, what he heard there, but now he's about to go into a completely different land. So Yehovah comes to him and says, Moses is dead. Now, do you remember what he said to you, Joshua? Let me say it to you three times. These two words just jump off the page in this portion. But let's keep reading. I want to get to Joshua 1.8. Someone read Joshua 1.8. Uh, Keith, maybe you should read it. Okay, I'll read it. <laughs> well, maybe you should read it. No, I don't want to read it. You read it. Okay, I'll read it. <laughs> 1 verse 8. This book of the in English law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. I absolutely, positively would say 
This really is one of my favorite verses and has been for many, many, many years. When I see 1-8, and I, I got to be honest with you, it says, let me, let me just go here to the verse if I can. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, the words book of the law is what we see in English, but in the, uh, the Hebrew what we see is sefer ha-Torah. The sefer ha-Torah, the book of the Torah. And I got to tell you, you know, I've, I've, I put a picture up. Uh, that kind of represents uh, how I came to this, being willing to do this uh, this recording, waiting to do this recording. And I've got this amazing thing. I've, I've told this story many, many times. I'm not going to go into great detail, but I really wanted to have the ability to have a Torah scroll. And so uh, through much revelation and, and, and intervention and circumstances that, that deserve their own, you know, its own time, I was able to obtain a Torah scroll. And what I tend to do on these these high holy days, these days that we're in right now during Sukkot and and, and, and other times during the year when something comes, I tend to want to bring out that Torah scroll and unroll it and read it. And, and I'm at a place now where I actually, through, through his grace and, and just, man, oh, man, the opportunity to learn, uh, to learn to read my Torah scroll, to be able to read it and, and look at sections of it. And it just is, it's like a holy experience. But what he tells um, Joshua here is there is a Sefer HaTorah, like a book of the Torah. So at this point, obviously, Moses had completed his work. Why? Moses is dead. He's gone. He's written his part. And now it exists. It's there. We find examples of what was to be done with this book of the Torah, etc. But he tells him, don't let this book of the Torah, do not let it depart. And what? from where? From your mouth. But you shall, and it uses a really interesting word in English, it says, but you shall meditate on it day and night. This word could mean to like moan, to speak, to meditate. It's, I, get this, I get this image, you all, of, of him saying, now look, sometimes you just need to speak this word to yourself quiet before you're falling asleep. Sometimes you need to be thinking about this word when you're looking at the Hittites and the, the Girgashites. Sometimes you need to speak it to the people. You've got to meditate on this word. You've got to let this be a part of you. And and, and be honest with you, when I see this um, this word and speaking about it being something to meditate, and we use it right now in English, to meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous uh, and you will have great success. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, that's really what I've done over the years is I, I, I had this, um, this memorization plan and all of it really came from this verse. The idea of meditating on the word day and night. I mean, that's where you're able to think about it as you're driving and as you're, as you're sitting in the house and going along the road. It almost seems like something like a command in Deuteronomy, how you should teach your children to meditate uh, on this word. But that's literally what he tells Joshua. Look, you're about to do something amazing. You're about to do something really big. You're going to need to be able to have some help. And that help is I'm going to be with you always. But remember this. Meditate on that which you've been, which you've received that's in that book day and night and that you would be prosperous and successful uh, in all that you do. So um, I have to say, um, I, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's go ahead and read this. I, w- I want to read just a little bit at a time. We get through eight. We get through nine. And then we get to 10. Then, and this is really the only time we hear from Joshua. In the beginning, Joshua was just sitting like a good student listening. He's heard from Moses. He's heard from Yehovah. And now he goes and he tells the people, 
Joshua, and you know what's interesting? When I get to verse 10, I'm thinking, well, Joshua could have took a different approach. Like I said, he could have said to Yehovah, now look, I'm not ready. He could have done the Moses thing where he says, can you send someone else? Joshua, man, it's just, it's like when he was renamed that Yehovah will save. It's like he just becomes this person. It's like, look, I'm just going to do my part. But in the end, he's going to have to do it through me. So it says, then Yehoshua, Joshua commanded the offers of the people saying, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you are to cross, and in verse 10 here, the Jordan to go and possess the land which Jehovah your God is giving you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of Jehovah, commanded you, saying, Jehovah your God well, gives you rest when he does it, and it will give you uh, this land. Your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you shall cross before your brothers in battle array, all of your valiant warriors, and shall help them. And Yehovah, until Yehovah gives your brothers rest as he gives you, and they also possess the land which Yehovah your God is giving them, then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of Yehovah, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And I have to tell you, I you know, when I read that, and I'm going to venture out just a little bit here. I, I, I can do what I want, right? I mean, I'm just, it's just me. <laughs> um, you know, when I read that verse, I kind of think about, um, I kind of think about America. I, I, let me tell you why I think about America. I think about, so here you've got this, you know, part of Israel, and, and this is such, this is touchy stuff. So don't let, don't go too far, you guys. Don't say it, Keith said, whatever. I'm just, just giving you an image. So you got part of the group who says, okay, we're not going to go over where the Hittites, Gergajites, Gebrazites are, blah, blah, blah. We're going to, and, and he says, okay, you're not going to go, but what you're going to do is you're going to go ahead of them and you're going to fight on their behalf. You've got your place of rest. Now go and fight with them. And I think there's something about that image that, that really kind of, and when I speak of America, I'm specific, specifically talking about this. The United States and Israel are supposed to be allies. They're supposed to be friends. You know, we, we've got this long history. And, and we see this crumbling in some ways, um, which really concerns me. But, you know, it's, it, it, if we were to, to apply sort of this passage, it would kind of be like, okay, America, you're sitting over here in your place of rest. Go help your brothers and your sisters that are battling over in that part of the land. You've been given your area. Now help them in their area. And what I kind of sense right now, and I'm sensing this more and more, and it really has been concerning me, more and more people who are like, well, that's over there. We don't have to worry about what's over there. Though they open their Bibles and they say, we're people of the book, and this is the book. Well, let me tell you what. What's happening over there in many ways is connected to what we read today. And one of the things that I've noticed, it just seems that fewer and fewer people are willing to enter the fight that really is, I mean, it's a a difficult fight when you start talking about this prophetic thing happening where people from around the nations are coming back into the land. We're watching prophecy take place. And I don't need to go over that. We've gone over, gone over it a lot. But when I read these verses, I'm kind of, kind of convicted a little bit about, so what part can we play? So maybe I'm here and, and I don't have, you know, the Kassam missiles that are landing in, 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 in Charlotte. And I don't have, you know, certain people that are right around my, my neighborhood saying, hey, I want to take you out that you don't exist. And yet I think about Israel and, what, and how it's in its fight and how it's in its battle. And I think, you know, so what can I do? Where are, the, where are places that I can enter in to be supportive and helpful? So that, that really is for me, you know, something something I do. And again, part of that is because of one verse uh, uh, eight that mentions, you know, it says, um, you know, if you're going to be successful, you've got to have this Torah, this this word 
in your heart, and you, and it's hard to read that and not be able to connect with what's happening, you know, both in Israel and and really around the world. And so, anyway, let me let me let me kind of kind of move on from that. In fact, let me let me just say this, you know, um, this this portion uh, it really 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 encourages me. Uh, it's inspired me. As I look at the challenges that are staring me presently today in my face, I'm being called to enter into some places of promise where there are huge obstacles waiting to make my journey difficult. I call them the ites, you know, the Hittites who love to hit you. <laughs> They're cousins, you know, to the fearites, the struggleites, the politicalites, the ifites, the chaos, conflict, and troubleites <laughs> that are always waiting to pounce as soon as you cross over into new territory. But remember, there are two words that we looked at today. These two words. Just really, I think, I honestly would like to encourage people to take these two words and begin to meditate on them, to mumble on them, to muse over them, to remember these two words and teach them to your children, tell them to your spouse, say them to yourself in the language they were given to Yehoshua, Joshua, these two words. I mean, there, I, can, can we, can we just, just real quick, I want to do something, let's do this again. One verse, uh, let's see, here we go. Let's see here. Here they are. One, four, five, and six. Wait. Okay. Wait. Hold on. There it is. Okay. It says in English, be strong and courageous. In the language it was given, it says, Chazak the Ematz. Chazak the Ematz. It's like, it's like, wow. Um, these two words were speak, spoken from Moses, the mentor, who's now dead. Those words were taken and given to Joshua himself from Yehovah. And it's really interesting. Not only did Joshua hear these from Moses and from Yehovah. If we go just a little bit further, let's do something. I like this. Let me see real quick. Okay. It says, verse 16. It says, verse 17. Here we go. Uh, Joshua tells the people what they have to do. Uh, and they say, they answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may Yehovah, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. Verse 18. This is the end of the portion, actually. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you commanded him shall be put to death. Except the, there's just one little thing, Joshua. Chazak, the Ematz. They tell Joshua what Moses told Joshua, what Yehovah told Joshua. And now the people say, look, now on one condition. I, I would go so far as to say this is the portion. These two words are the portion. These two words set the stage for something that present day Israel is dealing with and future Israel will deal with. There is a constant challenge to live by the promise. Sometimes circumstances get in the way of the promise, but they don't stop the promise. It's just that sometimes it's difficult. And when we see those difficult times, these two words can be huge. To hear them, Chazach the Ematz. Be strong and courageous. Be hardened and obstinate. Be tough. Stand up. Don't back down. Continue to be who Yehovah called you to be. You know, I'm uh, 
really trying to decide as it pertains to these audio series. You know, it's been so amazing to have recorded them and to dump and to do them. And there's so many different things that I could focus on in going forward. But before I do anything else, I've got some challenges that are that are really fa- that I'm really facing. As I mentioned, I will physically, physically have traveled around the world over the next few weeks. I'll be in some places that are that are difficult. I'm going to be in some places where there's some ites. In fact, um, I'm going to be doing some things which you'll hear about where I'm going to need your prayer. I'm going to need you to remind me of these two words. I want you to send me a note and say, Keith, remember and tell me these two words because I'm going to be in some touchy situations. You can really be in prayer. as I'll mention them to you as they happen. Um, but as they happen, I really need some people to come, come along. And, and, and again, did, did, did Joshua need to be reminded? Do I need to be reminded? Do you need to be reminded that as we face these situations that we're facing, and I'm telling you, the world's not getting any easier. We've got to remember these two words. You know, uh, while the pre-recorded prophet pearls uh, have been going out each week, I've been quite busy preaching and teaching around the world while also writing and recording this new biblical Hebrew audio course that has passed the pilot phase and is ready for you. Two levels have been uploaded for your review with over 20 engaging lessons. The third level is in production. And by the time we get to Thanksgiving, hopefully, uh, all three levels will be uploaded and ready for you to learn to find your own pearls in the deep waters of the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, Over the last two weeks, I shared um, this new biblical Hebrew audio course at a national pastor's conference. Last week, I was in Colorado sharing it with some uh, Colorado, I should say, sharing it with some uh, special folks there. This weekend, I'm actually on my way to Canada. I'm going to be entering in into Sukkot uh, celebration up in Canada. So I'll be sharing the word there and actually sharing a lot about uh, this Hebrew course that really is a blessing. So I'm asking you to get on board with us if you'd like. Start the process of interacting with the information, inspiration, and revelation that I say jumps off the pages of the Hebrew scriptures and will sometimes slap you straight in the face, (laughs) literally. So here's what I want to do. In closing, I really want to challenge you to look at Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 18. And I really would love for you to look at with those two words as the backdrop. What does it mean for you? What are you facing right now? Where are your challenges, both in relationships and circumstances and finances and job? Just as far as what's happening with the world. I mean, there's got to be some of you that are probably just confused if you've heard all these things that have been going around and what's happening at the UN and what's happening in Israel and what's happening in Syria and what's happening with Russia and what's happening in the United States. Let me tell you what, what I really hope you're concerned about is what's happening in the word. Because the word gives us perspective in the midst of chaos. <laughs> when we're looking at the ites, boy, oh boy, meditate, muse, think about it, remember it, speak it, proclaim it, look in the mirror and tell yourself. I will meditate on this word day and night. So here's what I want to do. Um, uh, uh, Even though things don't go the way you may have expected, the call is still waiting for your response. Be like Joshua. Get back to work. Even if it means sometimes, and they say sometimes, (laughs) if you've got to do it alone. As for me, I'm ready to cross over to inherit whatever Yehovah has for me. In the next few weeks, I will have traveled around the world, literally, with the hopes of being back in Charlotte by Thanksgiving. Stay connected with me by signing up for the free, say free, (laughs) newsletter at bfainternational.com. Or better yet, some of you that are really serious, register for our premium content library Take the plunge with folks around the world who are learning biblical Hebrew and diving for those precious pearls in scripture. Did I mention that we have over now 50, 
50 high-quality presentations that are in the premium content library, and we have people that are around the world taking advantage of it. So I'd invite you to check it out. In fact, I think they even, we even, yeah, they still have a seven-day free deal. You just look at it. But I will be honest, uh, being a part of the premium content um, library gives us one little extra piece uh, as we prepare for the many things that are waiting. We've got so many things that are still undeveloped, unproduced. There's been a lot of people that have uh, joined in with us to um, help us do that. You can look at our donate page at bfainternational.com. And if you think that this, this is something that should continue or maybe some more audio series, I, 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 maybe we should have what I call the Biblical Brick audio series where I can just take a passage and we can do it together. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that between now and Thanksgiving, I'm really going to be facing some tough situations, some circumstances that are, to be quite honest, uh, are concerning. Um, but I, 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 these two words really have encouraged me. So thanks for listening and be sure to comment if you find something we all need to see. Until next time. Wait a minute. <laughs> there is no next time. <laughs> the Torah pearls and prophet pearls are over. This dispensation is over. What happens next will be new. So until then, da 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 da. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit bfainternational.com. dot